0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? Very good. I'm going to open up this morning with Proverbs 4.23 where it says, Above all else, would you say "Above above all else? Above all else. That sounds pretty important. Above all else. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and today our hearts are open for your word. Speak, Lord. Like Samuel said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. We each are your servants, and we want to hear from you. Thank you for your ability to speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your ability to speak to us through your scripture, and right now we just yield to hear from you. God, we thank you for your word. I pray for the leading and the empowerment of your spirit, God. Pray that what's in your heart will be imparted. We, uh, we just trust you. We trust your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. God is after your heart, and you know, he is not looking um, for control If he wanted robots, he could make robots and we would all be robots that just did. He wants a real relationship. That's why he's after your heart is because he wants what he has with you to be real and sincere, a real honoring relationship, not just outward conformity where we're doing the things we think that make God happy, but that our hearts actually bring joy to the Lord and what flows out of our lives brings joy to the Lord. I love that verse Proverbs 4, 23, again, above all else, guard your heart. God is interested in your heart because everything you do flows from it. Your heart, it's this critical component. One of the most critical comp- components of your inner being, um, your attitude flows out of your heart. Your outlook on life flows th- from your heart. Um, the love that you have for others is going to flow from your heart And we're in this series called Guarding Your Heart. And uh, we've had, this is going to be our fourth guard your heart statement. The first week we did two. We did guard your hearts from the control of sin. The second, we, we also did that week, guard your hearts from the contamination of criticalness. How many know criticalness will contaminate your heart, right? Last week we did guard your heart from the poison of unforgiveness, and, uh, you know, what's great is if you missed one or you want to listen to one, you can look at the podcast or uh, the service on Facebook, on YouTube, it's just everywhere. Just look up Victory Christian Church and or just go to the website and you can listen to those um, so that you can, you can grab a hold of God's word uh, for you. Today, we're going to pick up with the statement, we guard our hearts from the lie of hopelessness. Y'all, hopelessness is a lie. Can I hear an amen? amen? Some of us need to hear that today, that hopelessness is a lie. It is not the truth. But the, the, the thing about lies is that there are times when they feel like the truth. Something can feel like the truth, but not be the truth. You remember maybe when you were a kid and uh, maybe it was a Saturday. I remember when I was a kid on Saturdays, it was cartoons, and then it was going out to play. Now for kids, it's YouTube on a tablet or something. And then, you know, I don't know how it works. Um, I'm trying to get back in the babysitting game. You can ask Pastor Bobby about that. Um, Trying it out. Just kidding. Um, But Saturday mornings are great. Cartoons. And then it was time to go out to play. But man, if it rained on a Saturday and you could not go out to play, that was the worst, right? You're just sitting at the window and like, you're just watching it rain and rain. You ever had that time when you were a kid where you were like, it's never gonna stop raining, you know? Where it just like, it just like, the, never, ever, ever is it gonna stop raining. And your parents would look at you and go, it's gonna stop raining. It might be Wednesday, but it's gonna stop raining, right? Um, and, and you're thinking like, you know, as a kid, you're like, it's like the days of Noah, and you know, it's never going to end. And the reality is it ended back then, and we have a promise that it's, God's never going to flood the earth again, and, and so the, the rain is going to end, amen? But sometimes it feels like it's never going to stop raining. Before we start digging into this, this area of hopelessness, um, I want to deal with an important distinction And that is the difference between grieving and hopelessness. It's a really important distinction. Um, Grieving is a natural part of life. When we lose something or we lose someone that we love, we have a deep sense of loss. And sadness is a natural expression of loss. You know, we do celebrations of life when somebody passes, and I appreciate that. I think that's a pr- appropriate to celebrate someone's life. But there should be space for the sadness. Amen? Right? Like, if, if if, if you know, someday, you know, I go go to be with the Lord in the 80s or 90s or whatever that be, if all they're doing is dancing, I'm going to be like, wow, they seem a little <laughs> excited about me going, right? Free at last! No. Um, but... The thing about grieving is that you can feel it deep, deep in your bones. You feel it in the deepest parts of your heart, and it's very real. Um, I remember when I lost my mom in in 2011, honestly, I had never known pain like losing my mom. Um, I had never felt anything like that before. The depth in my soul of the loss and I, 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 the reason I grieve so much is because I love so much. Remember, like grieving, grieving is a natural part of life. I'm going to come back to that. Hopelessness is not natural. You hear that today? It's hopelessness is not healthy. It can even be really dangerous. Hopelessness can steal your life. Hopelessness is like that heavy cloak that covers you from head to toe. Hopelessness can even come on top of grieving. Like you can have grieving on the core, but then hopelessness can come up on top of that. Hopelessness says there's nothing more to look forward to. Hopelessness lies and says there is no way forward. Hopelessness lies and says I will always feel like this. Hopelessness lies and says things will never get better. Things will never change. The rain is never going to end. Hopelessness is rooted in lies. The, the author of um, those lies can even be demonic. It says in scripture that the devil is the father of lies. He will lie to you and say, there is no hope, there is no future, there is no light at the end of the tunnel, people are lying to you, the rain is never going to end. The enemy will will lie about the present, he will lie about your, your future. Scripture says lying is his native language. Hopelessness is rooted in lies, not the truth. Grieving, remember we're making a distinction here, grieving is rooted in change. Something has changed, and we're grieved by it. But healthy grieving will find a way forward. Because healthy grieving grapples with the fact that things have changed, things may never be the same again. It grapples that over time and then finds a way forward. That's what healthy grieving will lead to. And you've heard the cliches and things, but it it really is true. Grieving does look different for different people. But grieving is not an identity. Grieving is a process that you walk through because something has changed in your life. Do y'all catch that today? It isn't a state of, of perpetual being. It is a process that you are walking through that really is normal in life. Now, we're going to dig into some scriptures here, but um, I, I, I can kind of hear like some questions that you have for me. Pastor Mike, what do you think about getting a counselor? We're talking about hopelessness, right? Pastor Mike, what do you think about taking some medication? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, honestly, I have no problem with a good counselor. Um, I think like you know, like a good mechanic, they've seen a lot. Um, they have the wisdom of what they've seen over, over time, over and over and over again. And so they, they have wisdom that they can share with you that can shorten your path of what you're walking through. I have no problem um, with medication that helps your biology, that helps things in your body get where it needs to be. Um, But I will say this, if you get a counselor, get a Christian counselor, because they have the same worldview, and so you won't have as much to sort out because you are submitting yourself to their wisdom, you might as well have someone who has the wisdom of the word in them, amen? And if you get medication, be wise, like do your research, Right? Don't just, okay, there it is. I'll take it. Like, let's be wise. But first, can't you all say, but first? But first, but first, always seek the Lord first. I am not being cliche. Go to the Lord first before a counselor. Maybe go to the Lord and then a counselor. Cool. But go to the Lord first. Go to the Lord before medication. Amen always go to the lord before before uh, first and cover every decision you make in prayer because whatever you do you want to do in faith i don't have time to preach that message but it needs to come from a place of faith and a place of of your relationship with the lord amen all right let's get into some scriptures today One of the scriptures I want to share with you is out of 2 Corinthians, and it talks about God's part. We're talking about this lie of hopelessness. And what we're going to do with these scriptures today is for some of us, the lie of hopelessness is kind of, it's finding its roots in us. It's got some, it's got kind of embedded in us. And what we're going to do is we're going to let scripture do the work. Amen. And what it's gonna do is it's gonna to start to loosen that lie and pry that thing away from you. You're good with that? All right, the first scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, and it says this Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all what? Comfort. Mmm. Who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Y'all, I want to tell you today that God's comfort is a real thing. It's not an idea. It is real. It is palpable. It is something you can feel. It is something that you can receive. You know, sometimes when we're in a place of hopelessness or despair, we can believe lies like, well, God's just mad at me. And God's, you know, he's far away from me and he doesn't want to deal with me because he sees the darkness that I'm in and he sees what I'm feeling. But I want to tell you today, God is not mad at you. God loves you. And he wants to rescue you from that. He may feel far off, but he is not far off. Do you hear that today? Sometimes we can feel so alone, and it feels so real, but he is there, and he is the God of all comfort. I want to encourage you today. Reach out to him and say, God, I need your comfort I need what you have for me today. Go to him before you go binge watch television. Go to him before you escape on social media for hours. Go to him before you find comfort in food. Go to him before alcohol, before pills, before a drug. Like Go to him because, see, addictions, what happens with an addiction is it feels like an escape. But the truth is, it's entering into a prison. And in that prison, your problem is still there. Do you hear that? It's the lie of escape that actually puts you into a prison. And when you come out of it, the problem is still there. And now you're captive. I don't say that with judgment. I say that because God loves you and he wants you free. And because we will buy into the lie that that escape will give us uh, what we need. And the reality is it will grip you and control you. I remember in those days, it, it, was, it took me a long time to walk through my grieving process with my mom. Um, I remember, and I, I've said this for a long time, I went from 100% of a person to 60% of a person just like that. And I still needed the father uh, for children. I still needed to be a husband to my wife. I still needed to be a pastor. And I'm really thankful the people around me love me so much that they saw my diminished capacity and they just let me walk through it rather than putting a lot of pressure. And for that, I'm just so thankful. But in the, the, the waves of grief, people we've heard you know describe it that way, those waves of grief. There were times when, when grieving would hit me, and there were times when I thought, maybe I just need to like go watch my favorite show for a few hours, or maybe I just need to go do this. But one of the things that was the most powerful thing <coughs> for me was I just had this spot that I would go out to on my front porch. I would just go out there when I got that gut punch, when I got that moment. I would go out and I would feel absolutely horrible. I would feel the despair. I would feel the heaviness. And I would just go, would just go and I'd say, Lord, I'm hurting. Sometimes I didn't even say a word. But I knew I was there to be with him. And I could have done it anywhere, I didn't have to go anywhere, but it kind of represented something to me. I just would go out there and it was almost like I was presenting myself to the Lord and just saying, Lord, I'm here and I'm hurting. And there were times where minutes later, I would feel like a release. Not like it was gone forever, but like something had lifted. Like he had taken the heavy part off in that moment. Sometimes it was minutes, sometimes it was seconds, sometimes it was much, much longer. I Just go and just like be with the God of all comfort in confidence. And you think, you see, the thing is about our faith is we believe what we don't necessarily see, but we know that it is real. That's how faith works. And I just know, God, if I come out here and present myself to me, you're not going to reject me. You're not going to, You're not going to chastise me. You're not going to tell me how disappointed you are in me. You're not going to come and say, oh, you're better than that, or you shouldn't be feeling that. But you're going to be the God of all comfort. If anyone can comfort you, it's your Father in heaven. If anyone can comfort you, it's your creator. If anyone can comfort you, it's the one who's prepared a place in heaven for you. If anyone can comfort you, it's the one who sent his only son to love you, and to give his life for you. If anyone can comfort you, our God can comfort you. Our part, 2 Corinthians 1. God's part in 2 Corinthians 1. I want to talk a little bit about our part as well. You know, we have to cooperate with the Lord, amen? He doesn't wrestle you to the ground and just do good stuff to you. You cooperate with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 It says this in verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Would y'all say divine power? power. Y'all, that is not your wisdom. That is not your good looks. That is not your money. That is not your social prowess. Divine power comes from heaven because it's divine, right? It says that On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Y'all, our thoughts are a powerful thing. We can believe a lie. We can believe something that is not true. And the enemy, like we said, he is the father of lies, and y'all, he's got as many lies to tell as you're willing to listen to. But praise God, we've got the word of God, and we have the Holy Spirit who can help reveal, shed light on lies, and then we have a decision to make. But the reality is we have to steward our thoughts. When a lie comes in, I love that scripture, take it captive. If you're a fisherman, that's like taking the net, right? If you're a hunter, whatever you're using to hunt, it's that, right? Whatever, it's taking captive of that thought. The rain is never going to end. No, that is not the truth. I feel like it's the truth, but it is not the truth. I am taking captive of that thought. We have to be vigilant about our thoughts, Vigilance takes a little bit of gusto. It takes a little bit of moxie to deal with thoughts at times. It says that we demolish arguments and every pretense. That does not sound like arranging furniture. That sounds like taking a sledgehammer to it. Demolishing is like, I am breaking it down. I'm going to get a little bit violent. I'm going to get a little bit assertive here. And I'm going to demolish thoughts That it's a violent language. I'm gonna demolish thoughts that set itself up against the truth. What are we taking captive? What are we demolishing? Every thought that does not agree with God, every thought that does not agree with His Word and with His truth, here is some truth. You are loved, you are God's creation, you are His child. You have value. You have a hope. You have a future. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved now. Another scripture I want to take you to has to do with playing the long game. Playing the long game. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses three and four, it says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Would you say the living hope? We might come back to that. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance. That sounds nice. That can never perish, that sounds even better, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. God is not the author of hopelessness. God is the author of living hope. God is not the author of hopelessness, because hopelessness is a lie. God is the author of living hope. And as a Christ follower, you have what Scripture calls this living hope. Scripture, now I need to explain to you what this kind of hope is. There's different ways that people use the word hope. In Scripture, hope is not wishing for something. Scripture is not, I hope this happens. I hope the commanders win the Super Bowl. That's a different brand of hope. And we have different counseling for that. Um, (laughs) I love you. Um, scripture, I, I seem to remember a message recently. Somebody was giving a hard time to my Steelers and I just have a lot more mic time. So, anyhow. Um, well, not necessarily but it would be inappropriate during worship. <laughs> Scriptural hope is not I wish something that happens. Now, catch this. Scriptural hope is an expectation that something is going to happen. It's very different. We have this hope. It's based on our future in heaven. Now, I just read that. That, that thing in heaven is a powerful thing because it can never spoil, it can never fade. Listen again, he has given us new birth into a living A living expectation of what is to come. That sounds like the rain is going to end. He has given us a new birth into a living hope, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven. It's like so established and there, it already exists for you. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, there is an inheritance for you in heaven that no one can touch, that no one can come after, that no one can destroy. But do you believe the truth? Hopelessness does not agree with that truth. So we wrangle that thing. We demolish that thing. And we say, You may feel like the truth, you may look like the truth. There may be lies shouting in my ears and in my heart that say that's the truth, but I will not believe that is the truth because I believe there is a living hope that is kept for me that can never fade, never spoil, that no one can has the power to take it from me. Because our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Your future in Christ is better than you know. I want to encourage you today. Would you grab on to that living hope? Some of us, we've walked through what we call seasons. Seasons where you had a setback. Seasons where you feel like I got punched in the jaw. But you see, that season is just that a season. We live in a place where the seasons change, right? And now what we gotta do is we have to say, you know what, that season, we've got to declare what God is declaring. That season is coming to an end, and there's a new season coming, and God is the Lord of that season. There is a hope and a future. I want to reiterate what I mentioned to you, what I said to you before. Hopelessness, hopelessness is not natural. It's not healthy. It can even be dangerous. Yeah. Hopelessness lies and says there is nothing to look forward to. Hopelessness lies and says there is no way forward. Hopelessness says I will always feel like this. Hopelessness says I will never get through this. Things will never change. The rain is never gonna end. But hopelessness is rooted in lies. It lies about the present. It lies about the future. But hope, would you all say, but hope? But hope hope is anchored in Christ. Hope is anchored in Christ's love for you. Hope is anchored in Christ's future for you. Hope is anchored in heaven, your future. You have a hope, the hope of glory. I want to encourage you today to cast off the heavy cloak of hopelessness and not to pick it up again. When I was praying over this message um, this week and on Friday night at our prayer meeting, um, what I saw was I saw this picture of that heavy cloak on some of us. And the thing is, is, when God brings something to our attention corporately, there is a grace to minister to that thing corporately and individually. And what I saw was I saw the Lord come and I saw him split that cloak right in the, in the back of it and ripped that thing. And I saw it falling to the ground. And the thing is, the weight of that hopelessness went to the ground and came off of you. And I want to tell you today... No, I want to declare to you today that God is here to set you free. He has an exchange for you. And I want to read this to you out of Isaiah 61. He has an exchange for you. For some of us, we are grieving, and God says, there is a process I will lead you through, lead you through that change to the other side of that grieving. But for some of us, uh, a, a cloak of hopelessness is on top of that, and that needs to go. Because that is rooted in a lie. In Isaiah 61, verse 1, talking about Jesus coming, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me, talking about Jesus, to proclaim good news. Would you say good news? Good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and a release From darkness, come on, y'all, for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Here it is, to comfort all who mourn and to bestow on them, to provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise, Instead of the spirit of despair, can I give you the antidote for despair? It is the garment of praise. For some of us, we need that, gar- that, that heavy yoke of despair, of hopelessness, to fall off of us today. And God wants to give you a garment of praise instead. It is impossible to stay hopeless when we are praising it is impossible. Now, I I get it. When we are feeling in that dark place, when we are in that place, it feels impossible to praise. But your praise has some power and it has the power to break hopelessness because it's God's power breaking that hopelessness. The, there is something about our praise. And I got to tell you, nothing brings such beautiful honor to the Lord than when you're not feeling it and you go, God, yet will I praise thee. God, yet will I trust you. God, yet will I believe that you are my hope and you are my future. Oh God, I trust you today. I'm not going to trust just in what I feel and just what the lies are saying, but I'm going to take them captive today, God, and I'm going to bring them to you and make them submit to you because your word says I have a hope. Your word says I have an inheritance. Your word says that you've gone before me and you've prepared a place for me in heaven. And God, that hope, may it trickle from heaven here into earth and may the rain break and may the clouds break and may there be a a sunshine, may the sun shine through and let it bring hope once again. (laughs) A garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. I want to tell you today, God is mad at the despair that is on you. He's not mad at you. But it frustrates him to see his children have to carry something that he hasn't called you to carry. He will walk you through your grieving, but he will deliver you from your despair. Because that is not from the Lord. But you got to remember that despair is rooted in lies. Hopelessness is rooted in lies. And I want to ask you today, are you willing to do your part? Are you willing to take captive of some thoughts and say, God, that is not from you? The God of all comfort will walk you through what you're walking through. He will guide you through it. He will shepherd you through your loss. He will shepherd you through what you have experienced. But when it comes to despair, he doesn't want to walk with it. He's ready to take it off of you. I'm not saying he won't walk with you, but I'm saying his desire is to get that thing, split it, and let it go to the ground. Maybe maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ. You haven't received The hope, the assurance that God has saved you from your sin. That he has expunged your whole background of sin and forgiven you. I want to tell you today that he is here and willing to forgive you of all of your sin. He has already paid the price, Jesus has. He went to a cross and he said everything that every person in this room has ever done wrong, thought wrong, been wrong, all of that, Jesus took that penalty on himself. He who knew no sin, who walked a blameless life, bore all of our sin. Why? Because he wants to make you part of the family. He wants you to know what it is to be born again, to have his Holy Spirit in you, and to have the hope of a future in him. And you don't have to wait because he's ready to walk with you right now. When we come to Christ, we do a couple of things. We say, God, forgive me of my sin. I know that it doesn't please you. And I ask for your forgiveness. And it's a commitment. It's a commitment to say, God, I want to walk with you every day, whatever that means. He's not expecting you to be perfect, but he's going to make you into, into something better and better and better when you, while you cooperate with him. But it is a commitment. I'm going to turn away from my sin. I'm going to turn away from being in charge of my own life. I'm going to relinquish control and authority of being in charge. And most of us have walked in life long enough to know being in charge of your own life is way overrated. We think we want that control. But really, he's the one who's qualified to have that authority in our life. That's why he is God. And today, if you're in a place where you're like, I, I need Jesus in my life. I, I need God in my life. I, I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you and pray and agree with you that God will come into your life and transform and that you'll have a brand new beginning, a brand new start with him. I want to tell you, he loves you and he cares for you. And you can have this gift of salvation and a gift of a future. If you lay down your life and pick up the one that he has for you. If you're in person today, I just want to pray with you before you go to receive him. If you're watching online or listening to a podcast, I want to pray with you as well. Go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps. And we'll reach out to you within a day or two and rejoice with you. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up. And I'd like to ask you all to stand with me this morning. And we're going to pray and do some business with the Lord, Pastor Bobby. I'm going to I'm going to pray a corporate prayer, and then um, the front is just going to be open for anybody who wants to receive prayer today, um, For some people like. I know there's some folks today that the heaviness that you've been walking through, you're like, oh man, God knew what I needed today. And right now, we're gonna pray about what you need today, amen? And there's gonna be opportunity for more prayer up front with one of our prayer team. Uh, You don't have to rush off. Um, But right now, would you just close your eyes with me? And let's pray. Would you say this with me? Every lie, I lay it down. Every lie, I take captive and submit to Christ. Hopelessness is a lie. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And in the name of Jesus, I say, Lord, for those who they have felt that Cloak of despair, of hopelessness. Come, Lord. We break its power. We break its authority. We expose the lie. May it fall to the ground right now. Freedom for the, for the captives. Freedom for the captives. God, there are some tender hearts in here today. What they've walked through is really hard. You are the God of all comfort. Lord, come. Come with your comfort. May we be absorbent. Able to receive the comfort that you have for us. Come, Lord. Come and minister to tender hearts. Come and minister to broken hearts. Come and speak words of life. Come and speak words of hope. I pray that for those who have felt like the rain won't end. I pray in their spirit that we'd see the sun shining. Come, Lord. Come and release from darkness. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, you're a comforting God. Thank you for your love. Lord, the lie that you're mad and disappointed. May that lose its power. You said that you are love. May people receive the true, pure love of God in their heart today. Oh, we love you, Jesus. And Lord, my prayer today is would you plant a word of praise in our heart that words of thankfulness, words of praise will fill our hearts and out of the abundance of our heart, may the mouth speak. May we out loud give you thanks. May we out loud declare the truth. May we out loud declare the praises of our God. May we out loud say, Oh, the rain is going to end. The rain is coming to an end. We thank you, Jesus, for freedom for the captives. Oh, we love you today. And I pray, God, as we move forward, Lord, that lies will just sound different in our heart and mind. And God, that we would just, there'd be something in our spirit, something in our heart that quickly says, that is not the truth. And just as quickly as you came, it's time to go. But Lord, may the truth of your word wrap us in the truth of your love for us. God, we love you. Lord, we worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.